Good evening, and thank you again for joining us this evening for another episode of His Will for Your Life podcast. I'm your host, Sherry LaVon Harris, and we have joining us tonight is Tiara Plummer. This young lady is on fire for the Lord. We have an opportunity to speak in the back, and um, you guys are in for a treat, so stay tuned. His will for your life with Cherie Harris. This is your weekly Wednesday 7 p.m. podcast. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Jeremiah 29 and 11. Informative, hot topic, testimony, interviews, along with your weekly guests and more. And now here's your host. Thank you guys. Here is Tierra Plummer. How are you today? I am good. How are you? I'm well. I am doing well. It's a, a pleasure again to have you join us tonight. Um, I've been anticipating uh, this encounter with you. Absolutely. Well, I'm so excited and I'm just excited to see what God does. It's going to be amazing. Yes, I, I believe God is going to move tonight. So um, I'm going to give you an opportunity just to share a little bit about yourself or how much you want to share um, with our audience tonight. Yeah, so my name is Tierra Plummer. I go by T to a lot of people. Um, so I am in Charlotte, North Carolina. I went to school out here, college out here, graduated in 2019. Um, and have been here ever since. I work in the mortgage industry. So I'm a mortgage loan officer, helping people purchase their homes and different things like that and financing on that. So that's kind of like what I do on my day job. But behind the scenes, I'm constantly working for the Lord. Um, so I have been in ministry since I was 19 years old. Um, I'm a really big, I'm really big on teaching the word of God. Um, been in church my whole life. The Lord really uh, transformed me at the age of 19 and immediately thrusted me into teaching the word. Um, so I had a Bible study that I started on my college campus called The Example. And that was just like an amazing experience. I got to experience, it was like a mini church on campus, for real. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so we, um, we had Bible study every single week. Um, it was just great being able to be in that position see the Lord use me in new ways that I never could have even imagined. And mm -hmm. then of course, when I graduated, that never stopped. So I just continued on with, um, my ministry is mostly is covered through Just Tea, which is the name of my ministry. But the body is something that I started under Just Tea. 
Um, and the body is really just my desire to help the church get back to that Acts 2 church when the Holy yes. Spirit fell and yes. when everyone authentically came together. They were in each other's houses. They were sharing food. Yes. Because literally they were sharing everything that they had. So clothes, money, food. I'm thinking in my mind, I'm so creative. I'm like, they were doing <laughs> each other's hair. They were sharing all right. They were sharing everything that they had. Um, and so in the same way, I desire that for the church now. Um, and so the ways I just desired to help get us back to that because that was the initial image of what the church looked like. It was so pure. It was so healthy. Yeah. Um, and so I do that through holding different types of Bible studies. So I did a chronological Bible study of the gospels of Jesus Christ. Um, I did sleepovers, all girls sleepovers through um, my ministry as well. And then I'm just constantly holding one-on-one -on -one Bible studies. So that's just an opportunity for you to sign up and do a one-on-one -on -one type of Bible study. Ask as many questions as you want um, and really just dive into the word of God. So that's kind of where we are now in the future. I hope that we can meet up, um, just everyone who's involved in the body and just meet and come together like Acts 2, um, where it says like they came together. And it also says that every single day, someone new was added to the kingdom of God. And that's my desire. So yeah. the most authentic way ever, that's what I want for the kingdom of God. So I allow the Lord to use me however he pleases. And it's been pretty amazing so far. Awesome. I, I'm looking forward to hearing that, that energy and that teaching that um, the anointing that is on your life to teach. Um, so we're just going to dive right in then. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so our topic is beyond an encounter into a relationship. How does that resonate with you? Um, in yeah. terms of the encounter that you had and build on that encounter into a relationship with Jesus Christ. Yes. So beyond an encounter into a relationship, that's like the perfect topic for me um, uh -huh. because I am like the staple church kid. Okay. Uh, I grew up, both my parents are pastor's kids. So I'm a pastor's grandchild. Grew up in church my whole life. Mm -hmm. um, but I can honestly say, I, of course, encountered the Lord on many occasions throughout you know, my life. But there was a moment where I encountered him for myself. And that wasn't in a church. It wasn't on the pews. It wasn't at the altar. I was My first encounter with the Lord literally was in my cafeteria on my college campus. Okay? So I... The Lord just like completely broke open the cliche of like what it means to encounter the Lord or what it looks like to encounter the Lord. Um, and so beyond that moment. So before we go to beyond, we have to talk about literally the encounter. Yes. yes. Because a lot of times, like if we can be honest, going to church is not always an encounter. Mm -hmm. Going to Bible study, going to Sunday school, those are great, amazing things that need to continue to happen, right. but not always encounter the Lord there. Mm -hmm. And so it's almost like people go their whole lives thinking, oh, I've encountered the Lord. I encountered the Lord every Sunday. When in reality, you might not. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So exactly. An encounter is a moment, a pivotal moment. Yes. You cannot shake. Like it, you almost remember to the date, the time, remember who who was there, what you were wearing, everything, because it was like I like God was in this place. Yes. Um, and so 
in that way, encounters are so big, they're so pivotal, but I love this topic because it says, okay, yes, encounters, but let's go beyond that. How do you get into the relationship with the Lord? Uh -huh. um, and so this topic is right on for me. So um, when thinking about the topic, I first think about my experience. I, um, and a lot of, one more thing I wanna say before I get into that is a lot of people will experience an encounter and then there'll be a length of time before they really begin to walk out their relationship. So it's almost like there's a third thing in there. It's like almost like an encounter and then it's like, a moment of obedience and then you walk into your relationship the first person that comes to mind when i think about that is david like when he was in the field and samuel the prophet calls him in and he gets anointed with oil that next day he didn't just pop into fighting you know goliath so it was almost like there was time there for him to gain more experiences and things like that before he was really into his relationship with the Lord where he was having these moments of lament and these moments of like pouring out his heart. You know what I'm saying? And so there is almost like a thing in between that where it's like a waiting period or a period of obedience. So yeah. the moment that I had my encounter with the Lord was um, I was already leading my Bible study, which is so crazy to think, why would God use someone who hasn't even encountered him yet mm -hmm. already? You know, it wasn't like he didn't wait until I had encountered him to get the Bible study started. He wanted me to go ahead and start it. So as we were going through it, I um, had a young man come. He was a leader on campus for another Bible study. And he came and he was like, hey, let's have a meeting later on this week. I'm like, sure, whatever. And he broke down um, just the revelation of Jesus Christ using a plastic cup. Wow. In my cafeteria. I'm like crying my eyes out, snot coming out of my nose, like ugly crying in the middle of my cafeteria because it was the first time that I realized that although I was completely broken, completely shattered on the inside, I felt like I was the worst person mm -hmm. walking the face of the earth. My Literally, God loved me. And I've heard that and I had been to church and I had always heard that, mm -hmm. but it wasn't until like, some I, someone actually knew mm -hmm. me and then still applied love god's love and grace on that yes that it really was real for me because when i would hear it in church i would just say yeah that's good but if you really knew what was going on you would not be saying that god loves me right so when i told someone and then they still applied that same love i was like oh this is for real and so there was a period where it was like, I was living out this, I was learning what that meant, what my encounter even meant. And it was breaking it down for me. And I was learning, okay, God's love, God's grace, God's redemption power. Um, but my relationship with the Lord did not start mm -hmm. until almost a year later. Wow. In the back of a Wendy's booth, like we had little booths in the back of my college campus. Uh -huh. I was going through a friendship breakup. So one of my best friends um, since preschool, we just decided to part ways, right? And it was the most painful thing ever to me because it was reiterating that pain that I felt when I encountered the Lord, which was that mm -hmm. I was bad. Mm -hmm. And so it was almost like that seed was still there. So a year later, I'm still feeling that pain and wow. that hurt, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm sitting across from the same person that was sitting with me a year before. 
And I asked him one question. I said, is God's love real or is everyone just faking? Wow. Is God's love real or is everyone that I know? Mm. And he was like, everyone is faking, but God's love is real. All right. And that changed my life forever. Awesome. Because I realized that there was a level beyond going to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. going to Bible study, wearing white all the time, putting your hair in a bun, having regulations you can't wear make. I realized, oh, like this is bigger than I thought it was. Mm-hmm. When he said that part, everyone's faking, I realized he wasn't saying everyone's fake, but he was saying mm-hmm. everyone is striving towards this authentic love of God. Yes. And we None of us really have a grasp on it. Mm-hmm. So yes, we are all working towards understanding the love of God. And yes, it is real. Yeah. So the- that was the moment that I began chasing the honest and authentic love of God. Mm. Because I said, if this is real, I have to have it. Because I don't want to feel like how I feel right now again. I can't, like I'm gonna break in half. And so I just started chasing the Lord. I started um, wanting to read more about God's love. I wanted to understand uh, the correlation between the New Testament and the Old Testament. And I started studying, I started reading, I started watching sermons, I started listening on the theologians. I started just doing a lot of groundwork in the Bible so that I could know who he is mm-hmm. for real. Like, I know y'all know who he is and I know <clears throat> we and we holler, but I need to know who he is for me. Yes. Because I need him to talk to me. Right. <laughs> so we need a personal relationship. There's a question that Paula has and she says, how do you know there was such a powerful calling on your life at such an early age? Mm. Um, That's a great question. A lot of times, one for one, I didn't know that there was a powerful call in my life at such a young age. Mm-hmm. I just was obedient in the small things. Mm-hmm. And I looked up one day and I had a Bible study that had 40 people in it mm-hmm. every week. I legitimately, when I started, I walked up to a friend at college. I was like, hey, do you want to do a Bible study? Because I need Bible study. Mm. He was like, yeah. I was like, we can just do it in the dorms. Like, let's make it a student organization. Like that was never, it was not, I woke up one morning like, God, I need you to use me. I need you to show me what I need to do. Right. I'm going to start a Bible study. Okay, let's go. Like, no, mm-hmm. I, the Bible study started because I needed a Bible study. <laughs> and so as I continued to be obedient in the Lord in the small things, mm-hmm. I, I literally just kept taking one small step, one small step, one small step. And I looked up and the Lord had done this big miraculous thing, which was, turn me into a teacher of the Bible. I'm like, I would have never expected that. Um, another point to that question though, is there's always been a call on my life. Like w- when we were in church, I would always get called out. I would always get prayed for People would always be laying hands on me. And it was almost like a fire mm-hmm. that you can, it's an infectious, big, hot fire that is on the inside of me mm-hmm. um, when I'm in that purposed place. Mm-hmm. So everyone has that purpose place for them. Yours may be at the job, yours may be talking to people on the street, helping homeless people. Mine just happened to be 
literally when I'm helping people learn and understand more about what is going on with the word of God so I can help them in their relationship. So it wasn't this big revelation of, oh, I'm called to teach. It was just like small steps of obedience. So when people ask me like, how do I get in my purpose? Like, how do I know how to get in my purpose? I always tell them, what is the last thing that God told you to do? My God. What is the last thing that God told you to do? If the last thing, and it may seem crazy, like if the last thing that God told you to do was clean up your house or make your bed every morning, <laughs> like go back, do right. the last, because you don't know what he's going to birth out of that last thing that he told you to do. He knows. He waiting for you to be obedient to the last thing he told you so that he can give you your next instruction. Right. So, so yeah. he's basically looking for us to be obedient over some small things before he, you know, allows us to do greater things. Absolutely. So in, in, um, because you started so young and because you started this on campus, that's wonderful, by the way. Um, did you lose any friends along the way um, because, <laughs> of this, because, because of the calling? Absolutely. I mean, for good reasons and for bad reasons. <laughs> I have lost many people that were connected to me. Um, doing it very young, Mm -hmm. is difficult mm -hmm. to say the least because not because of any outside forces, but because of myself, there was so much that I just did not know mm -hmm. that if I would have known, I wouldn't have made the mistakes that I was 19 years old. Yes. So when I think about the people that I've lost along the way, mm -hmm. my prayer the whole time was God, I need you to fill in these gaps because I know that my call is requiring me to be here. And right now I'm here and no amount of me praying is going to just zoop me up here. I'm still here and mm -hmm. you're working on me every single day. And so I'm falling short. So I need you to fill the gaps, fill the gaps, fill the gaps. So of course, um, you know, people were lost along the way. And it's a very hard call as well because at a young age, what do you do when <laughs> everyone is wanting to do certain things and you're like, I can't go to the club. I got a Bible study. <laughs> like, <laughs> what if I see one of my members at the club mm -hmm. and I'm there? Mm -hmm. And so it was just like a whole nother level of expectation that was placed on me. And of course the Lord, you know, was very gracious with me and I still had an amazing college experience um but at the same time there was another there were just certain things that i could not do and i couldn't explain it i just knew when i could do it i could do it and when i could not do it i could not do it and that was too inconsistent for a lot of people that weren't living that same life um so of course people are going to fall off and i would expect them to because the the weight is too heavy to bear if it's not yours. Yes, yes. Exactly. It's too heavy to bear. So I, it's no hard feelings. I understand 100% and I'm thankful for it because it made me and molded me into who I am today. So yes, absolutely. That is awesome that you went full force. Um, I remember my first encounter, I was 15. And that first encounter was in my bedroom with just me and the Lord. And so I received the gift of Holy Spirit the same same time. And the Lord called me at 19, yeah. um, but I didn't acknowledge the call until I was 26 because wow. of fear. But um, there, there's been a calling on my life um, 
I would say since since birth, apparently, because yes. what he's talking from was Jeremiah um, one and five. So um, I believe that um, God does set us apart and you will lose some people along the way, but it's for good, good reasons, right? Absolutely. So I thank you for your obedience. <laughs> yes. And, and it's so crazy because um, I didn't realize that obedience was like a big thing. This is before, this is me before I really knew the word. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like I woke up in the morning. It was like, I'm going to be obedient to the Lord this morning. It was almost like the Lord was giving me the desires of my heart. But as my heart just became like, it wasn't rock hard anymore. It was soft. It was malleable, something that he could mold. He was literally shaping my heart to desire things that I didn't even know that I desired. So he was giving me the desires of my heart. And it was really his will for my life. So yes, it, yes. it wasn't this big intentional thing. And I just, that is just like consistently being brought up for me. It's like, it was, I did not wake up in the morning and decide I was going to be a teacher of the gospel and I'm going to preach to the nations and da, 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 like, no, mm -hmm. I took small steps and I listened to the Lord, however he was speaking at the moment. And I obeyed one step at a time, one step at a time. And so in the same way, God is calling us to do that in our beyond our encounter into our relationship. So how did you know it was the Lord speaking to you specifically on what to do? I didn't. <laughs> to be a hundred percent honest, real safe folks be like, I heard the Lord speak <laughs> in a dream and he came upon me in the spirit. Yeah. No, I did not know. I did not know. I was literally just following what I felt like, what I felt like was me. And now I know in hindsight, it was the Lord. You know what I'm saying? So when it comes to hearing the Lord and people, when people say, I don't know if this is God. A lot of times we know if it's God, because it's almost like I couldn't even come up with this thought if I tried to. Exactly. Like I couldn't even come up with, let's make a Bible study if I tried to, you know what I'm saying? And so that that's one sign that it is the Lord. But then also if it's uncomfortable, mm -hmm. like this is uncomfortable. Yes. It and is. it feels like a pushing and it feels like a unction. Mm -hmm. That's the Lord. Okay. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times, a third point, a lot of times people like get so hesitant because they're like, Oh my gosh, like, what if this is God? What if this is not God? The reality of it is you're never going to know the voice of God unless you try him. You're, you literally have to try it. If you feel like you are being led to do something and you get in it and you're like, you will know when it's you trying to do it for yourself because it's going to be way too hard. You're going to be like, okay, I'm trying to turn this wheel and it ain't turning. You're going to know that it was all you. And that's when you just put up your hands and be like, oh, God, I'm sorry. Like, that was me. I didn't mean, I thought that was you telling me to take a step, but make your voice more clear. But the reality of it is until you try him, and I always say, like, take a risk for the Lord. Say, God, show me today something that speak to me today and ask me to do something, something small. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to do it. And if it ends up being you, I'll know that's your voice. Mm -hmm. So something as small as 
tell me what outfit to wear. God, what outfit do you want me to wear? Yes, today? yes. Something as small. Try the Lord so you know his voice. So then you're like, I don't know. I feel an unction to wear this purple shirt and <laughs> blue jeans. So let me put it on. And you and you say, God, confirm that this was you. It'll be something crazy. Like you'll be seeing the purple and blue all day. Or someone be like, oh, my God, I love your outfit today. Something small. And you'll be like, okay, God, I that's what you sound like. Got it. So then when he and you continue to do that in the small things, he's going to start asking you to do bigger things. Hey, uh, go pray for that person over there. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to tell you why. Just go do it. Mm -hmm. And you're like, mm -hmm. it's the same voice that I heard with the purple shirt. And he's we're going to start walking into the voice of God and you'll become more confident the more that you try it. But if you just sit in your shell and say, I don't know the voice of God, I don't know the voice of God, you'll never be confident in it. You have to, it's risky. It's risky. But what's the worst that can happen? What is the worst that can happen? You wear a blue shirt and blue jeans and what? It doesn't matter. So try the Lord. Try him in different ways and ask him to speak to you and to confirm what he's been saying. And that that is that is really, really true. Um, like we were talking about orange being your favorite color for the background. <laughs> yes. If I listen to Holy Spirit of what topic, who who's gonna be the right person for it, and even down to the color scheme. Have, mm -hmm. Did I know that your favorite color was orange? Mm -hmm. I didn't. Uh, exactly. But that comes from listening to him even in the minute things. Those yes. things that it may not be of importance to you, but it's it's something that he does. And then that confirms to me, yes, I am hearing him when he's yeah. me to do certain things. So that's that's very important as well. And I like the fact that when we were talking about that encounter, that unexpected encounter, that's just like what Paul had on the road to Damascus, right? Yeah. And so he's going on with this ordinary day, and then he had an encounter with God with that bright, bright light um, mm -hmm. from heaven. And so that bright light um, with God um, was now turned into an extraordinary, extraordinary plan that God had for him. Absolutely. And so there from that encounter, God told him what he needed to do next. Mm -hmm. So he told him, you know, go down to Damascus and you're going to meet up with a man. But we have to be obedient to what God is telling us, as we were talking about earlier, being obedient to that first response. Even if you don't know what's going to happen next, just learn to be obedient. And then that's how you begin to learn his voice, because you'll be in a relationship with him. Right. That's just like knowing our parents voices. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to speak more on this because this is like the best example of beyond an encounter to a relationship. Mm -hmm. And so you guys may see on Facebook or YouTube, the scripture scrolling at the bottom, which is a scripture from Acts nine and it's verse four. And I just want to read it one time. It says, um, he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? <laughs> and in verse five, Saul says, who are you, Lord? Right? So this right here, this story is the perfect example beyond an encounter into a relationship. So you already said it. He was going, he's on the road to Damascus. He sees the light. He falls off the horse. He hears the Lord. And his first response is, who are you? Who are you, Lord? Who are you, Lord? <laughs> Like, already knew. Right there, it was 
the picture perfect response. Yes. Because he's not saying, okay, what is that bright light? Like, uh -huh. I want his first response is, who are you, Lord? Yes. I want to yes. know who you are because yes. you hit me off this whole horse <laughs> my whole life. Mm -hmm. I just had an encounter with you. There's a lot that's happened inside of me. Like, who are you, Lord? Mm -hmm. I want to know you. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that was the moment that Paul was like, okay, I'm about to walk into a relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. um, and so just, I always love when we have the, the Bible as a perfect example of what somebody else experienced, because a lot of times we can relate to it and we don't even realize it. Mm -hmm. um, so right, right after he says, who are you, Lord? If the question is, what does it look like to go beyond an encounter, which is Paul on the horse, mm -hmm. to a relationship? We have we can look at that story and ask that same question and get all the answers that we need. Mm -hmm. So right when he um, after the Lord, you know, shows I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, in verse in verse six he says, Now get up and go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. Right? So God, that, that goes back to that obedience thing that we were just talking about. Yes. The next thing that God did was gave him instruction. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't give me every, you know, everything that you've ever worshiped in your life. It wasn't sacrifice this. It wasn't, I need you to completely transform from the inside out. He said, go into the city. That was it. He didn't tell him, I'm going to use you as my role. He didn't even do any of that. He said, go into the city and you will be told what you must do. So that's why I say it's so important to listen and be obedient to the small things that God is telling you to do. If he's telling you to go into the city, you need to go into the city. If he's telling you to make your bed, you need to make your bed. If he's telling you to get dressed up today, you need to get dressed up today because that act of obedience is very well going to be the thing that the Lord uses, right? And so right after, he tells Paul this thing. He has him go into the city and he meets a man, right? And so he waited there. The Bible says he remained there blind uh -huh. for three days uh -huh. and did not eat or drink. So the reality of it is <laughs> Paul followed the instructions of the Lord. And an hour went by, <laughs> two hours went by. Yes. 12 hours went by. Mm -hmm. I know the people that were with him were like, um, what are we doing here? Like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Hours went by, a day went by, two days, Paul still blind. Blind, like cannot see out of nowhere. Mm -hmm. Three days goes by and a man comes, the Lord sent me. So when you translate that over into your relationship with the Lord, be obedient and then you must wait. Yes, yes, yes. He's not going to always come right away. <laughs> and guess what? You're going to have to live in those moments. The Lord did not heal Paul's blindness mm -hmm. before he had him wait. Mm -hmm. He had him wait and be blind at the same time. Yes. He had him wait in that blindness. In his confusion, he had him to wait. So that's one thing that's going to happen. You're going to be follow the instructions, and then guess what you have to do? You have to wait mm -hmm. because guess what's happening on the other side? God is speaking to Ananias 
the person who is going to come and heal Paul's blindness, the person that's going to come and help you in your situation, or for me, help me build this Bible study, or for whatever it may be, help you build this thing that you are so purposed to do. But if you can't wait, then he can't never tell the person that's on the way or the provision that's on the way. So you have to know that there is going to be a waiting period as you start your relationship with the Lord. You may not get saved and start preaching two days later. You may not get saved and then have a brand new job in three days. That's Paul's testimony. He was healed in three days, but that may not be yours. For me, it wasn't an overnight thing. And so the reality of it is when you begin your relationship with the Lord, you it may not happen overnight there are going to be some things that you have to be in obedient in, and then there's going to be some things that you have to wait for right mm-hmm. and so the next thing that we see god do is he sends ananias he sent a helper he sent provision to provide exactly what paul needed yes okay he sent provision during those three days god knew provisions on its way so god is chilling Paul's blind. God's killing provisions on the way. And so in the same way, God is going to send provision for whatever it is that you need for the next step of your for your relationship with the Lord. Whether that is healing, which is exactly what Paul needed, whether that is breakthrough, whether that is finances, whether that is physical people to help you build whatever it is that the Lord is going to have you to build. Mm -hmm. I I really like Paul's story because it says that as Ananias was healing, it said that things fell off his eyes that were scale like, Mm. right? It was almost like literal scales were falling off of his eyes because it was like he was blind. And there was a moment where literally the things that he perceived incorrectly we're all falling oh my God. yes his perception completely shifted mm-hmm. after this encounter while he waited all of those things were helping him in his perception so when the scales fell off it wasn't just oh i can see again and i'm who i was before i was blind mm-hmm. it's like no i'm healed not just on the external in the external point of view but i'm healed in my heart when paul got up from that heel he was like I am a new person. I see God different. I see Jesus different. I see people different. I see friendship different. I see family different. I can see literally. And so that just speaks to the part of us when we're going into our relationship with the Lord. There are some scales that are going to have to be Come on off of our eyes. Yes. When you live in the world for however long, you start to have a false perception of what's going on around you. Yes. And so you really believe it's not like uh, you, from your point of view, the sky is red. Mm-hmm. You thought that your whole life, the yes. sky was red. And, yes. and it's not like you're wrong because you saw it as red. But mm-hmm. God's like, I need you to have clear vision mm-hmm. so that you can go out and do what I need you to do. Mm-hmm. So I need you to sit and wait, and I'm going to send someone to help you take the scales off and take the scales off and heal and go deeper and heal from some childhood trauma. I don't need yes. you to be in front of tens of thousands of people and you distraught because of something that happened when you were six. I need, no. 
from that. I refuse to heal from whatever it is that's been holding you emotionally bound or has you emotionally unstable. I need you to heal from that. And so during that waiting period or even right after that waiting period, the scales fell off. And so that was so big and pivotal in Paul's journey. And in that same way, literally, like that happens to us as we go beyond our encounter into the relationship. God has to take some scales off of some things in our lives, take some skeletons out of some closet so that we can clean out the closet to make room. And so as we go throughout the story, it's we're seeing in real time what's happening to Paul and how the Lord uses that time between the encounter to him preaching as a moment to build their relationship. Yes. Right. And so it says right after that, he was baptized. Mm-hmm. And then right after that, he ate and regained his strength. There is going to be a time be, from your encounter and everybody loves to get to the purpose part. Okay. But that part in between that relationship between you and the Lord, that time when you get to eat and regain your strength mm-hmm. is so pivotal. Yes. Because the reality of it is, hey, Paul, you about to get stoned to death and then you're going to live and I'm going to drag you out and then you, I want you to keep preaching. What? Mm-hmm. You have lost your mind. Okay, mm-hmm. well, you're going to go to prison or you're going to be on a ship and then the ship's going to wreck but I'm going to keep you, okay? Like, there's a lot that's going to happen. So I need you to eat some food. I need you to get your strength up because you're about to go, right? And so the reality of it is, in that relationship portion, and of course, that continued on. Paul, it doesn't just stop once you get into purpose. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is, this was, Paul was not teaching. Mm -hmm. He was not not preaching yet. He was not, he literally just had time for himself. Mm-hmm. regain his strength yes. because he had been through a lot he had to get them scales that was falling off he had to wait while he was there yes. he had to baptize he hadn't eaten for three days and so the reality of it is god needed him to eat and regain his strength and i translate that into for us eat the scroll Eat the word god <laughs> regain your strength because after you have the scales of the false perception that fall off, mm-hmm. you have to fill yourself back up with some good, healthy stuff, or else you're just gonna be out here like, everything I thought was wrong, and everything is wrong. But the reality of it is, everything that I thought was wrong, but there is good, and I just have to eat it. I have to eat my vegetables so I can regain my strength. And so, those are just some things that we see in the scripture. Mm-hmm. that show us what the moments after that encounter looked like for Paul. And we can mirror that and see what it may look like for us in our relationship with the Lord. So that was just, I know I spoke a long time, but that no, was- No, 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 that was, that was perfect. That was good. We yes. have a question I just um, want to ask from Paula. What advice do you give to people who think that God can't use them because of their past mistakes? Mm. I think we have the perfect example that we're using on the table, which is Paul. Mm -hmm. Like Paul, if, and I know that we talk about Paul a lot in church and a lot of people don't know Paul, you literally, his job was to find people that said they were Christians and murder them. (laughs) Like, Oh, you believe in Jesus? I'm going to kill you, your whole family. Oh, you believe it? Like that was his full-time job. He, his full-time job was to murder Christians. 
right? And so even in that scripture, it's um, Acts chapter 9. You should read the whole thing. Ananias, the person that God sent to heal Paul from his blindness, he literally said, uh, you want me to go see Paul? Uh, he's a little crazy. He'd be killing people. Are you sure this is where I'm supposed to go? Because that's the reputation mm -hmm. that Paul had. Yes. So can God use someone that has a horrible reputation? Absolutely. He used Paul. And of course, when Paul first started his walk with the Lord, um, he encountered people that had known about his past reputation mm -hmm. but he didn't allow that to stop him he kept pushing because he knew i had an encounter with the lord so i don't know what y'all gotta say <laughs> I was done and I can yes. that. so i'm gonna preach that yes. the day i die mm -hmm. and so in the same way yes absolutely can the lord use people past this path yes he used me yeah. and I, if more people were vulnerable about their past and mm -hmm. really all that they have done and how the Lord has brought them out, the people wouldn't feel like, you know, you have to have a great squeaky clean past in order to be a teacher or a pastor or a prophet or an evangelist. The dirtiest people is who God desires to use. Yes. And Jesus said it best. I don't remember exactly what scripture it was, but he says sick people or healthy people don't need a doctor. Mm -hmm. Sick people do. Sick so I'm here to help these sick people mm -hmm. get the message so that they can be healed. And in the same way, sick people is who Jesus came for. He came yeah. for people that was broke, busted, and disgusted. He ate with prostitutes. He ate with the tax collectors. He ate yes. with people that yeah. nobody wanted to. He went and saw the Samaritan woman at the well. Yes. Like, Jesus is known for a good comeback. So people are, yes. are people feel like they can't be used because they don't have this, you know, squeaky, squeaky clean life. It doesn't make any sense because that's literally the complete opposite of who Jesus was. Mm -hmm. If you're a Christian and I'm following Christ, Christ loved the dirtiest people. Yes, he did. Like, he's like, I'm going to find a, somebody that is made, that is their job to kill Christians. And I'm going to make them one of my best teachers ever. Mm. Like, that's how the Lord works. So, absolutely. The dirtier you are, the best you're going to, like, I'm like, yes, you're going to be a great prophet. <laughs> that's how I think. Yes. But back to that, the, the, the key word is just being um, obedient and available. Mm. Right? Because absolutely. if we're not um, receptive to the word, then God can't use us. Mm. So, he, remember he said to Paul earlier, don't kick against the prick because you can't compete with me. You can't beat me. So the best thing for you to do is to surrender. And yeah. so that's what we have to do because it is going against our own will per se. Mm -hmm. But we have to learn to go with God's will and God's plan for our lives. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're preaching. And so I'm not going to keep stopping to um, ask questions. I just want you to just flow um as as god has given it to you yeah absolutely one other thing that really stuck out to me um about this word an encounter into a relationship what people are usually seeking is what's called intimacy mm -hmm. and so it's almost like that's not something that we talk much about in church intimacy with the lord because mm -hmm. that word has been like completely perverted in the world that we live in. Mm -hmm. but the reality of it is, if you think about a relationship, 
And you think about what it looks like in human form, like between two people. Yes. That same thing is what the Lord desires. He, resi- he re- desires communication. Mm-hmm. He wants to know what's going on from your point of view. He wants you to yes. pray like, God, I almost cussed somebody out today. <laughs> he wants you to be like, God, yes. I'm struggling. He wants you to say, right. I love you. God, what do you want from me? Mm-hmm. Have you ever been in a relationship where it was one-sided and literally you just giving them gifts or yes. giving them words of affirmation, giving them quality time, and they're like, thanks. Mm-hmm. That's kind of how we do exactly. this. And then so the same way, we have to make sure that we are really seeking a relationship with him. And a lot of times, um, the perfect example of this is a lot of people are scared to go to hell. Like, that's like their worst fear. Like, mm-hmm. I'm saved because I don't want to go to hell because hell is hot and I don't want to burn forever. Mm-hmm. And when I, the first time I ever went to the altar and got saved, that was what that was what I was trying to do. I'm like, I need to make sure that I'm where the AC is. Mm-hmm. I need to make sure that I'm not going to hell because it's going to be too hot. And I need to be up in heaven with the gold street, right? Okay. Um, but in reality, that's not what God desires. Mm-hmm. He desires someone who desires him. Mm. And so the best way that I can explain hell and heaven is God does not send people to hell. Mm-hmm. They choose to go. Yes, yes. Because the reality of it is God's not going to ever force you. If you think about it, like you're going to be with me for eternity. Mm-hmm. God's not going to force you to be with someone for eternity that you don't even know. Mm-hmm. That's almost like, ugh, like that's almost a perverted thing. Like, yeah, you to be with you in an intimate way forever. And we're going to be together. If that don't sound good to you, then you choose the place that that's not. Mm-hmm. And the reality of it is, you either go there or you go to this other place. Mm-hmm. That is hell. And so a lot of people don't, they say, I want to go to heaven, but they don't desire intimacy with the Lord. Yes. Because when he, when you get up there and you, and we all talk about the line, and you get in that line, <laughs> and you see people hugging the Lord and kissing his feet and rubbing his hair and falling at, you're going to be like, ooh. Mm-hmm. I didn't know we had to do all that. And so if if you didn't gain that intimacy with the Lord on earth, then when you get to heaven, you're like, I don't want to do that. That's a little bit weird. I'm going to go to the other place. And that's hell. You know what I'm saying? So the relationship and the intimacy part of it is so intricate because God is love. Like yeah. <laughs> when he said that, that was, not just something. that was not just something that he just said for giggles. Like, God is love, meaning that he embodies completely love, sacrifice, intimacy, relationship, relationship, companionship, all of these things. So as you're going about your your relationship with the Lord, it is so important for you to recognize your areas of improvement. Like, am I being a good friend to the Lord? That's a good question to ask yourself. Am I just being even a good friend? Like, do I text him and check up on him every now and then and be like, is everything okay? And so I realized that my relationship with the Lord was a direct reflection of my relationships with people. I always kept people at arm's length. I'm like, I need you to stay this far away so you don't hurt me. (laughs) I need you to only call me when I want to talk. 
get on my schedule and don't call me back to back because I'm going to be taking a nap. Mm-hmm. And I realized that I did that with people and I was doing that with the Lord because it was like, it was, but it was my only, it was only my insecurities that was causing me to do that. I was scared to let people in to a certain point because I didn't want to be hurt and fear of people leaving, fear of people being disappointed, fear of all of these things were happening with my relationships on earth mm-hmm. directly reflected in my relationship with the Lord. And so if you are feeling like you're struggling with your relationship with the Lord, I urge you to take some time and look at your relationships with the people that are the most close with you or your parents. Oh my God. You will never, you will be so just like shocked when you see like, Oh, I didn't even realize that I felt this way towards my mom. And because I felt this way towards my mom that I've been acting like this towards the Lord. And how does this correlate? And all these things that I feel about my dad, good and bad, like it's a direct reflection of how I look at God, who is my father. And I hear stories all the time about people who grew up without a father struggling to see the Lord as Abba Father because they never had a, they never lived that life. Exactly. They never had a father. So how do I love you as a father? And they, they never surrendered that part of themselves to the Lord because it was a direct reflection of what was happening on earth. And so examine yourself honestly. Right. I have that in Romans says, examine yourself honestly. I had the um, same experience. I want to say maybe I was in my twenties or so. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, I want to say maybe thirties, early thirties. And um, I had an, another encounter with the Lord where I actually heard his voice audibly. Mm. And I remember him telling me that he loved me. And I said, yeah, right. And he <laughs> said, no, I really love you. And the tears just began to flow because it was a different love and a different, I love you. And wow. then I get to church and my pastor preaches uh, the voice of God walking. And mm. so I knew that that was God that spoke to me, but you're so right. We do treat God how we treat others. So I don't want to be hurt. So I'm not going to get close to you. I'm not going to allow you in my space. And so God had to deliver me from that Mm -hmm. because I was also transferring that over to our personal relationship. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the reality of it is when you're growing up, you don't, the only vision that you have of what God is, is your parents, you know what I'm saying? Or is your guardian or whoever's growing you and growing or helping you grow up or, you know, raising you. So the reality of it is it's so easy to pick up a trait and be like, okay, if this is what the person who was in charge of me my whole life said, then God must feel that way because he's a, a, a parent figure for me as well. So little things like do that because I told you to. Mm-hmm could be something that is a a traumatic thing for you. So when you grow up, you may feel and have this resentment towards the Lord, like he's just being so mean and not letting you do things because he told you to, when in reality, he has a reason behind everything that he's calling you to do. But because you grew up thinking, because I told you to, because I told you to, because I told you to, you think that the Lord is asking you to do things because he told you to without ever seeking why. He told you to. And all of those answers are in his word. He tells you why. But if you're so traumatized, and I think that that's so important, the part where Paul, the scales fell off his eyes. Mm -hmm. 
to me, that's the trauma. Like yes. the, the traumatic experiences of things that you just experience. Everyone's going to experience trauma in their own way. Um, and so when those scales fell off his eye, he was a eyes, he was able to see different. And so it's so important that we have that time where we allow God to take the scales off. Yeah, we, we do. And for Paul, he needed his scales removed. Mm -hmm. because Paul was seeing a whole bunch <laughs> of crazy stuff. Exactly. But that's how we are. I also see us as onions, where there are just layers of stuff that has to come off of us mm -hmm. so that God can use us. Yeah. And, um, and so when we allow God to use us and we allow God in, then we can go on further with the next assignment that God has for us. Absolutely. And it's not going to be easy every step of the way. So this encounter is a daily encounter. Um, so when you have that relationship, you have to continue on. You have to talk to them. Like you said, if I don't text you to check on you, it's like, wait a minute, what's going on? So we have to um, have that conversation with the Lord in the morning, in the midnight hour when he's waking you up. And um, I had to learn the hard way of the Lord speak to me. And I'm like, I'm too tired to get up and write it down. Then in the morning, I forget. And so now yeah. I have a, a journal, a pad and pen next to my bed. But um, then sometimes he'll remind us again because that comes with that relationship. Absolutely. If we don't allow God to to build on that relationship with us, then we can't carry out the plan that he has for us. Absolutely. And I think what Paul asked when he had his encounter is going to be the most practical thing that we can ask to become our best selves in our relationship with the Lord, which is, who are you, Lord? Mm -hmm. Every morning you should wake up seeking to desire to know God in a new way. Mm -hmm. Like every single day, like the God that cares about what you wear, the God that is cares about who you speak to and how you speak to them, the God that cares about you loving someone through a hard situation or even when they did you wrong. Like, God, I didn't realize that you cared about this. Yes, I care about that. Mm -hmm. And so you're consistently seeing a new side of this multifaceted God. Yes. The way, the practical way to do that is to read his word and ask that question, who are you, Lord? Like before you read your Bible, pray, who are you, Lord? Because the reality of it is when you read a Bible story, you should always leave knowing a little bit more about who God is. Not just what he did, but who he is, who what his character is like. And the best example I can give of that is when um, Abraham and Lot, when they're talking about Sodom and Gomorrah, mm -hmm. right? And God's like, look, I'm going to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm -hmm. like, it's going down in fire and it's a done deal. And they're like, God, is if we find 50 people in the city that are worthy, will you keep it? And God's like, yes. And then he said, okay, well, if we find 30 people, will you keep it? He says, yes. And then they, they negotiate God down like, okay, if you find, if we find 10 people, mm -hmm. will you keep it? And God's like, yes. And so a lot of times you may read that story and be like, oh my God, God burned down a whole city. He's so mean. He's so evil. Like, I can't believe he did that. But the reality of it is that was God demonstrating his grace and mercy. Yes. Because he could have been like, nope, I'm not even going to let you try to find nobody down there. Actually, it's already a done deal. Wow. But God allowed them to try. Mm -hmm. 
Mm -hmm. And they went down there and they were not able to find them. And the Lord knew that. One. It wasn't like he didn't know that, but he allowed, you know, it's almost like a parent who knows that the child can't tie the shoes by themselves, but to let them try out of love. Like, let me let you try. So there should be a part of God that you know after experience, after hearing that story. Like, oh, God, grace did not just start in the New Testament. God was showing grace ton, a ton of times yeah. in the Old Testament. You know what I'm saying? And so in the same way, we have to consistently read our word and say, who are you, Lord? Mm -hmm. What are you saying? What is your character like? And so whenever I lead Bible studies, one of the, or one-on-one -on -one Bible studies, one of the main questions I ask them is, we'll read an excerpt. We'll read Acts 9. And the first question I asked him, if this, if, uh, if this scripture that we just read was all you knew about God what or Jesus, what would it say about him? Mm -hmm. And the reality of it is that's the type of questions we have to be asking ourselves to get to know who he is at his core even more. Yeah. Wow. That's deep. Um, that is really deep. And so we do have to um, make sure that we are um staying in right relationship with him looking at that scripture um it will make me fearful but yet trusting because mm. paul has some sense of who he was because he said who is it? who is it lord yeah you know and so he told him who he was yeah he was obedient to his voice because he heard his voice he didn't see him he just heard his voice and so he followed it but that's that's to the place where we have to get where we know God's voice. Um, I remember one time being in the mall and I saw my mother from a distance and I called out to her. I was like, Ma. And she was out of all the mothers that may have been in that mall, she was the only one that turned around because she recognized my voice because we had a relationship. And so when we have a relationship with God, we know his voice over the enemy's voice, right? We know his voice over our own voice. And so it's just having that daily encounter, like you said, getting up, Lord, what would you have me do today? You know, we have to constantly stay in fellowship with him in order to build on that relationship and, and hear his voice. Absolutely. And one thing that I love is the fact that Paul didn't go through seminary. <laughs> he didn't go through ministry and training. He didn't go through um, like the standard steps he didn't walk with jesus a lot of people don't know that paul was not walking in the discipleship program with jesus christ so <laughs> right. he starts preaching like and it talks about it in the bible like how the disciples were like uh who is this person like he didn't come from us like what's going on and so there was a moment where he had to literally like get integrated with the people of god but god didn't have him completely forget everything that he knew before he became uh, Paul um, transformed into what God was doing for him and through his life. But the reality of it is God used what was already inside of him. Yes, yes. So you have to remember, he was Jewish. <laughs> he was killing people that were proclaiming Christianity. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jesus was born a Jew, meaning Jesus was born into Jewish tradition. And hear me, the Jewish people know their word, okay? Yes, they, they know do. the Old Testament. <laughs> They know it from front to back, especially those religious leaders, those that were in Paul's position. So Paul knew the word. Mm -hmm. Paul knew 
who God was to the children of Israel. He knew who God was to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph. He knew who God was to David and Solomon. He knew yes. who God was. Mm -hmm. But the reality of it is, he did not have the connecting point to make mm. to close it and say, Jesus is Lord, right? Yeah. The Bible talks about how Christ did not come to destroy the law, but to fulfill it. Mm -hmm. It's almost like a half drawn circle and Jesus closes it. And now oh it's a sense, right? So yeah. Paul, he had half the circle drawn. Jesus just had to come and close that little bit. Oh, right yes, yes. So in the same way, God is equipping you with what you need. So you went at the moment that when you hit that encounter, he can close that gap. Mm. He can help yes. you understand. Yes. You're already, I've already been preparing you. You new to this, I'm true to this. Like I've been putting <laughs> stuff in for 25 years and you didn't yes. even know I was putting it there. Right. And so the reality of it is he's gonna use every single bit of what he's already putting inside of you for the purpose that he has for you. Like, mm -hmm. and so you can't get into it and be like, okay, I need to forget everything that I've learned in church and I just need to start over because no, he's, he's planted some good seeds in you because he knew you were going to get to this point. Mm -hmm. Now he's got, he's going to water them. He's going to make sure they get some sunlight and he's going to use it. And it's all this, the seed is already planted. So the reality of it is if you're getting, and you've had an encounter, Owner, you're like, oh my God, like I'm so new to this. I'm just starting. God has already planted that purpose on the inside of you. Like it's already there in seed form. Now it just needs to be watered and it needs to be uh, just taken care of with good word and nutrition. You need to eat and regain your strength so that it can grow. The seed can grow. So God is going to use what he's already planted on the inside of you in your process of building your relationship and walking you in your purpose. Whew, that is <laughs> awesome. So I'm going to give you an opportunity to, 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 to minister to that person who left the relationship just at the encounter. Right. Mm -hmm. So we never went on to establish a relationship, whether it was through fear or um, their household, you know, as a child being raised in the church, maybe they weren't raised in the church or maybe they didn't have an understanding of um, the word of God. What would you say to them, especially those in your, your age range? Absolutely. So if you have had an encounter with the Lord and you know, look, I, look, that was crazy. I cannot believe I know that was God, but I'm sitting on it. Like I'm sitting here and I'm kind of scared. I actually, I had a one-on-one -on -one Bible study today with someone and we were talking about him taking the next steps with the Lord. And he was just saying, I asked him, I said, what is your biggest fear? Like when you think about having a relationship with the Lord or going deeper with him, what is the first thing that the enemy brings up for you? And he was like, sacrifice. Mm. Like terrified that the Lord will ask me to give up stuff. Yes, yes. And so the reality of it is that God wants you so bad that the enemy knows what exactly will be your trigger to keep you from moving forward. Mm. And yes, the Lord requires sacrifice, but he ain't even asked you for nothing yet. You <laughs> the possibility that he may yeah. ask you for something. Right. So it's almost like we talk ourselves out of it because it's like, okay, well, what if God asked me to 
break up with this person that I'm dating? Or what if God asked me to quit my job? Because I've seen him do that before. Or what if God asked me to give everything that I have? And the reality of it is, if that encounter did not make you, at least give you a push to do something like that, like crazy, like quit your job, then you need to ask the Lord to give you another encounter. Mm. Because the reality of it is, you may have been, uh, remember, you still have those scales on your eyes. So you may think, oh, I had an encounter when I was eight at the altar. Mm-hmm. You'll hear me. If <laughs> it did not make you want to do some crazy things for the Lord, then maybe you need to reevaluate and seek the Lord for more passion, more desire. And you can ask the Lord for desire. I say that all the time firsthand. You can say, God, I know I'm called to more. Mm-hmm. I know that you're calling me to a deeper relationship with you. But right now, I don't want to. Mm. So please give me the desire mm-hmm. to do what it is that you have for me to do. I am telling you, I am a living testimony mm-hmm. because God will place those things inside of you. The best example I can give is I'll never forget when I went to college, I went to church and the experience was just like completely different than what I was used to. There was lights, praise and worship was jumping around. We were at the altar. It was like a concert. And I was just like, these people are on fire and I'm not on fire. Like I want to sit in my chair and I want to hurry up and get to the word. Um, and so the reality of it is I was like, God, I don't, I don't feel passionate about you. Like they do. I don't feel on fire. Like these people do. Like, I want that though. It is real. Like it's authentic. I want that. And let me tell you, when you, if you go to church with me, I am the first person crying. I'm crying during the, the musician practicing. I'm like, in I'm raising my hands. I'm laid out because it's like, and I can't even explain where that came from. Yes. It just came from the Lord. He gave me the desire to praise and worship him. And that's something, it's not something that I was taught. It was not something, no one taught me how to, when to raise my hand or when's a good time. So I'd probably be doing it at the worst moments, but it's just what the Lord gave me. You know what I'm saying? So you can ask the Lord for desire. And so one, to answer your question, if you are the person that you had an encounter, but you just are scared to move forward, I would urge you to keep going because the greatest, most best version of yourself is on that other side. And you're con- gonna continuously hit a wall until you give that over to the Lord. Who? Why would you want to live in fear for the rest of your life? Mm. Why would you not want to be the best version of yourself, the healed version of yourself, the emotionally stable version of yourself, the mentally stable version of yourself, the loving version of yourself? Yes. You, and if you don't desire those things for yourself, you literally can ask God to give you that desire and he will do it. And you can put my name in the prayer to him like, Tierra said, Lord, <laughs> that if I yes. ask you, yes. you will get put my name on it. Because yes. I'm telling you, I know he will do it. I know he will do it. That's how much I believe that he will do it. So and if that's you and or the second person is if you feel like you had an encounter, but it didn't make you really feel like you could do like crazy things like 
the Lord asked me to quit my job right now, like I would do it. Of course it would be hard. Like you would think about it, you'd be like, but I would do it. If you don't have that unction, I ask you, I urge you, sorry, to ask the Lord to give you another encounter. And yeah. so she was even talking about how earlier she had another encounter when she was in her thirties. Like the reality of it is Jesus touched a blind man twice. Yeah. Like there was a blind man that came up to Jesus and was like, I'm blind. Can you heal me? What's going on? Jesus touched him and he said, can you see now? And the man said, I see men as trees. Mm -hmm. Jesus said, okay, cool. We're going to go ahead and lay hands again. Cause I need you to see men as men and trees as trees. <laughs> I need your perception to be on point. I need you Come to desire. I need yeah. you to desire what I have for you. I need you to know that I've called you to be a royal priesthood. I need you to know that you are mine. I need yes. you to know that yes. you are called. I need you to know that you are loved. So mm -hmm. if you feel like, God, I see men as trees. I see, and I couldn't see before. So mm -hmm. I'm seeing a little better than what I was seeing. Mm -hmm. But it's not quite clear. Mm. Ask the Lord to touch you again. Mm. He will do it. Yeah. We've seen him physically do it through Jesus. And we've seen him do it many times through multiple people on this earth. He yeah. will touch you again. Yes. So the reality of it is, you just have to be honest with yourself of where you are. Mm -hmm. The most uh, painful thing that you can ever do is be dishonest with yourself. Mm -hmm. Because the reality of it is you're behind a closed door. No one sees you. No one knows. You have to be your most honest self with, your, with yourself mm -hmm. in those moments. Or you're never going to grow. You're never going to see the areas of improvement. If you never say, Lord, uh, I don't read my Bible like I'm supposed to. And even if everyone in the world is like, oh, my God, you're an amazing teacher of the gospel. Like, you're just anointed. But you know, you don't read like you're supposed to. <laughs> you have to go in those back closets and pray like, Lord, I need you to increase this part of me that no one knows about because I need this. I need, I know that it's important in our relationship. So that's that would be my honest feedback for those who are in that space. Thank you so much. Um, here's a question um, mm -hmm. that a viewer has on in YouTube. How do you deal with people who claim they love God, but um, do the opposite of his will, especially on social media? Y'all ain't gonna like me. <laughs> thing, my first response to that is, I don't know, you tell me, cause we all do that. <laughs> If we're being 100% honest, tell me about the last time you portrayed you love Jesus and you did the opposite of his will. Mm. How did, what did you do? You know, and a lot of times it's so easy for us to see other believers and be like, oh, they a mess. I can't believe they doing that. They over there doing that. That's a mess. That's a shame. She need to be wearing a longer dress. She on social media listening to that music. She's a hot mess. But the reality of it is, the same grace that we desire the Lord to give us is what we need to have for other people. So <clears throat> that would be my first response. I don't know if that one was filtered through the Lord, but um, that would be my first response. Is that That's a good response? <laughs> speak, what would what do you do? You know what it feels like to be outside of His will. 
And if you if you say you don't, the Bible says that you are a liar. If someone says that they are perfect and they do not sin and they do not slip, the Bible calls you a liar. Yes. On fire. Because yes. the reality of it is we get saved and we're like, I love Jesus. I shout. I run around the church. I read my Bible and I go to church every Sunday. I'm saved. And now what y'all doing over there? But the reality of it is that's not ever who God desires for you to be. If you see someone who on your social media is <laughs> acting a fool but portrays that they love God, reach out to them. Be a mentor. Love them. Have mercy. Have grace. All the things that God did for you, you should now do it for them. And if that person is irking you, getting on your nerves, in your face all the time, there's a good chance that you're called to them. Mm. Good chance that that's the very person you should be interceding for. There's a good chance that's the very person that God is going to use you to help mentor and disciple. And the reality of it is, if we get so stuck in our flesh, we miss that whole moment. Yes. We miss that whole moment. And yes. so Paul even talks about that. He says, three times I asked the Lord to take this thorn away. Yes. Yeah. yes. So that means something was, that thorn was bothering him. It was mm -hmm. annoying. Mm -hmm. It was literally annoying. Like he mm -hmm. prayed three times. Yeah. And God was like, mm -hmm. my grace is sufficient. So what does that tell me? On them areas or them things that are annoying you, that's where you need to apply more grace. So if there's someone who's portraying on social media as if they love the Lord, um, but they're not doing his will from your point of view, pray for them. Mm -hmm. Have mercy. Show grace. Do whatever God did for you for that person. That is that is so true. Yes. My son. <laughs> and I remember about to punish him. And I was like, give me your phone. And the Holy Spirit said, extend to him the same grace that I extend to you. And I was like, I want, I want to take that phone, but the Holy Spirit wouldn't allow me to because he reminded me that even when I'm doing something wrong, he extends that same grace. And so we have to learn to extend grace to others the same way that God has extended it to us. Absolutely. And Jesus is like the king of doing that. He's the king of doing the complete opposite of what the world tells you to do. Mm -hmm. Or like, so even in, in Matthew, he talks about that. He says, uh, if someone slaps you, turn the other cheek, right? Like give them the other one to slap too. <laughs> and that's like, what? Why would I do that? You need to tell me to fight or you need to make sure my disciples are ready to fight because we're going to fight. And the reality of it is like God always does things out of the ordinary. And yeah. so if you allow your values and your uh, areas of boundaries and your expectations or even everything that you do to be based off of what the culture tells you you should do or what social media memes tell you you should do or what your family tells you what you should do, then you're going to be out of the will of God. You're going to be out of the will of God. Now yeah. you have a problem where you're looking at someone out of the will of God and you're out of the will of God as well yes. because you're not following what the Lord tells you to do. Mm -hmm. So the best example of that I love is Jesus. <laughs> he comes down and he says, 
Look, y'all, I'm going to give you eternal life. I'm going to show you what eternal life looks like. And they're like, word, how are you going to do that? He's like, okay, well, the first way I'm going to do that is I'm going to die. And they're like, what? Like, what do you mean? You just told us you're going to show us how to live forever. He's like, I'm going to die, and then I'm going to resurrect. Mm -hmm. The Lord always defeats things by overcoming them. Mm. He never has you to Ooh. go around it. He always has you to go through it. The way the Lord defeated death was he died. So the way the Lord is going to have you to defeat the things that are obstacles for you or things that are consistently presenting themselves before you is not that you're going to live forever, quote unquote. You're going to die to that thing. You're going to go through it. Yes. You're going to experience the pain. Yes. You're going to experience the hurt. You're going to cry some nights. You're going to be like, God, are you even still here some nights? And guess what? You're going to get on the other side and be like, I cannot believe I defeated depression. I cannot believe I defeated alcoholism. I cannot believe I defeated yes. anxiety. I cannot believe yes. I defeated yes. generational curses. Yes. But the reality of it is if you sit in the thing and forget the original intent of why the Lord sent you there, you're mm. going to get stuck in the middle of that thing. What if Jesus died on the third day? I was like, I can't believe God really let me die. Mm -hmm. He didn't take me off that cross. I can't believe I really got beat like that. I can't believe I'm going through this pain. And he was so caught up in himself that he never resurrected. Mm. What, if, what if he forgot his assignment on the cross? Mm. My God. And we do that. We get God literally says, I'm going to make you a leader over many. Mm -hmm. And we go through a moment of depression and we get stuck there. Mm. Not remembering the assignment is to be a leader over many. And mm -hmm. we get stuck and we sit there. And we're like, oh, my God, I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling this. Not realizing that that's going to be the very thing that the Lord has you to lead many with. He's going to have you to go through it. Be free so that you can help other people that go through it become free as well. And so exactly. you have to know, it goes back to our original question. Who are you, Lord? Who are you? God is the Lord of doing things how he's the Lord of defeating things. Yes. And it's not the way that we think that he's going to defeat it. He doesn't have us to just miraculously not have to experience it. No, he's going to have us go through it. And he's shown himself to be the God that does that over and over in, in scripture. So when you're going through it, you don't need to be surprised because mm. he really died. Like Jesus really died. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I think we forget that he very much was killed. And the reality of it is that pain that he bared during that time, it was real. It wasn't like he didn't experience real pain. So when we're experiencing real pain, he knows and he feels exactly what we have gone through, if mm -hmm. not worse. Exactly. So That's why I love The Passion of the Christ, because that was the only movie that displayed closely to what um, Jesus experienced. Absolutely. We, have, we have your cousin Paula again. Hi, Paula. Uh, Paula says, what is your favorite song when you want to create the atmosphere of praise and worship? Hmm. I don't listen to music. <laughs> I was going to try. I, I don't listen to music when I'm creating an atmosphere of praise and worship. I actually listen to like instrumentals or I'm like silent. 
because I found that side note. I always see the time eight nineteen. Like I always, yeah. it's the Lord's. He always like whenever I see, it, I know it's the Lord. So it's just crazy that I just saw that time. But I don't use uh, music when. I am trying to create an atmosphere of praise and worship. The best song that I can ever give the Lord is my own praise. Hallelujah. So Hallelujah. them lyrics don't say, Lord, I almost cussed somebody out today. <laughs> I can't sing that song because that ain't my song. If the lyrics don't say, I almost quit my job and walked out and I'm, I'm so mad, then that's not my song. I have to give him my song. Mm. So a lot of times I will refrain from turning on worship music um but what is my favorite song my favorite christian song is um i'm in love with you by i always forget his name jason nelson so in love that's the name of it so in love by jason nelson because it's literally just like a love song to god it's unconventional it don't got no click tracks in the back it's just a guitar and he's singing good i'm like i love these lyrics so yes. for me i'm a lyricist like i need the words to make sense mm -hmm. if the words say i'm a soldier on the battlefield for christ but <laughs> god already told me that i'm not a soldier on the battlefield for christ <laughs> i can't sing that song I'll be in parts like, those are my lyrics that's not yeah. my testimony so when I go to church, I'm very much into the lyrics. So when it says like, God, I love you. I'm never going to fully understand who you are. Like those are the lyrics that always get to me. Um, and so that's, I love love songs and that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah, that's me too. I love love songs, but it's interesting that you always sing eight, 18, eight, 19. I, isn't that your birthday? That's my birthday. <laughs> I always see um, four forty four. Mm. I posted that the other day and I asked people, um, what time do they always see? And a lot of people always see a certain time. And I, I can't wait to get to heaven and ask God, what does that specifically mean? <laughs> because to me, and I don't just see it on the time. Like I'll be driving through a neighborhood and it'll be like yeah. a number on somebody's house. And I'll just be like, okay, God, like it's getting yeah. a little creepy. But yeah, yeah. No, I always see 819. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, four is the number of seasons, so it's seasons. Um, so I don't know. It's been my season for a minute. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I love that. So if you um, want to just take questions, if there, if there aren't any more questions for her, someone's saying they see 124. So mm -hmm. now we're, we're going to do the number, yeah. um, the number thing. But um, Numbers have meaning, so um, God is actually just is speaking to us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, for me, and just to like give this, I love questions because it's an opportunity for you to really pinpoint what it is that you want to ask the Lord. Um, and so, for me, if you're watching, even if you're watching this six months down the road, and you're like, I really want to ask this question. I need you to message me. I am like always available to answer questions because it's something that we don't really get to do, do on Sunday morning. And I think it's the most pivotal part of building a relationship with the Lord. I was discipled. Um, I was mentored through my beginning process of my relationship with the Lord. Mm -hmm. I got to literally sit down 
read the Bible and ask questions. What is a Gentile? Why does Jew matter? What is a tax collector? Who are these people? Why is it referring to this chapter? Mm-hmm. You literally have to ask those questions. If you don't have someone in your life that you can do that, the Lord sent Ananias to Paul, someone yeah. to literally help him in his process. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you can't do it by yourself. You cannot do it by yourself. You have to pray and ask the Lord to send provision. If that's somebody for you, you need to go ahead and ask the Lord for that. And I'm always here. Like if you ever have a question down the road, I'm always here. So direct message me on Instagram, whatever it is, and get in contact with me. And I want you to know, like, I, I'm here for you. Because we're God gonna sure. that. Yes. Mm-hmm. We're going to make sure that you give your um, contact information. We're going to give you that time as we're, we're closing up. There's a question. How do you get unstuck? I am so glad that that <laughs> I just talked about this. I was on a 6 a.m. call this morning uh-huh. um, we were talking about um, complacency in the Lord. Uh, we were talking, we were reading about John the Baptist and Jesus. We just read an excerpt and we studied it together. And I asked them, who do you see yourself as in the text? Like when you put yourself in this text, do you see yourself from this point of view or that point of view? And one of the girls was like, well, I mean, it really feels dependent upon the day. Because mm-hmm. today I feel like I um, I relate to this person, but tomorrow I feel like that person. And that was the whole point. Literally, the word of God is a living word because yes. we're living. As we continue to learn about ourselves, as we continue to discover our identity, as we continue to understand who we are, mm-hmm. the word is going to continue to grow, right? So when people ask, how do I get unstuck? Mm-hmm. You need new revelation. Come on now. And the way to get new revelation in the word is to get new revelation of yourself. If you are complacent and stuck in your relationship with the Lord and you need new revelation, you are going to have to seek God to tell you some things about you. Yes. Because the reality of it is God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Yes, he You're is. the ones that change. Yes, yes. So if we want to get unstuck, we have to seek our inner selves to figure out, okay, why am I complacent? Why mm-hmm. do I feel stuck? Why mm-hmm. do I feel like I'm not moving? Mm-hmm. Why? Do, and then you take that to the word. Even if it's a scripture that you've read a million times from this new place that you're at, the Lord is going to reveal something new to you. And so how do you get unstuck? Ask yourself better questions. Mm. That's my number one suggestion. Ask mm. yourself better questions. Mm. Two, take those questions to the word of God and allow him to answer them for you. And he's going to push you into your next. He's going to push you into the place that he has for you to be. He's going to push you into an, un- he's going to pull you out of that stuck position and propel you into your neck. So you have to be consistent and devoted to discovering you, Mm -hmm. like discovering who you should be. That's, that is literally going to be you for the rest of your life. You're never going to be the same person. You're going to consistently be evolving. So as you evolve, as you grow, as you become who God has called you to be, 
you're going to look at the word differently. He's going to give you new revelation and then you're going to get unstuck. But it's going to take some action on your part because you're going to have to be honest with yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to have to say, I don't like praying. I don't like praying. Why? Because I feel like I'm talking to myself. God, oh. And then you take it to like, I don't feel like I don't like praying because I don't, I don't, I feel like I'm talking to myself. And then you're going to take that to the word and you're going to be like, okay, this is what God says about prayer. Let me try to apply it now that I understand that I'm not the only person in the Bible that didn't feel like praying, or I'm not the only person in the world that didn't feel like praying. I'm going to see it from a new perspective. I'm going to get revelation. I'm going to apply it to my life and I'm going to get unstuck. Mm. That's, that's, that's <laughs> wonderful. Um, I usually take them to um, Ephesians 2, where our identity is found in Christ, um, because most people don't know their identity. They don't know who they are. We don't know who we are until we mirror ourselves with the word of God. So that's important. And as you say, most people don't like to pray for five minutes because they feel like they're talking to themselves or then they hear their own thoughts. Yep. The, the key is just to, you know, just lay before him and allow him to speak mm-hmm. um, so that you will get to know his voice. But I am so blessed by you if if holy spirit has more for you to say we can go, we can keep going as long as um you have something to say from him but if not we can we can close out but i have been blessed indeed um by you young lady and i'm glad that you'll be back with us in august yes. uh, for a panel discussion so that that's going to be a great treat as well absolutely i'm excited i'm excited and i'm thankful and honored just for this opportunity i love to just be able to speak on things and I'm not one to give a ton of scripture in these types of settings because a lot of times people just need to hear the real and the raw. You know, exactly. so I'm just excited that this was a place for me to do that. I pray yeah. that every single person that is on here via YouTube or Facebook um, that you have received what it is that you need. And even if you're watching this in the future that you really take these things to heart and that you take them to the Lord and that you yes. have a new desire to read his word or even find community. Um, those are all the things that I said at the beginning that I desire for the body. I pray that you saw that tonight. And that was just a reflection of what God is really doing. Whew, yeah. You are a powerful young lady. I'm glad that we connected. Um, yes. and I'm quite sure this is not going to be your, your, your last time, even when we do the panel discussion. Um, we may have to have you back quite often as the Lord <laughs> provides. Absolutely. Um, that's, uh, that's good in the search for the word for ourselves. Exactly. I'm just reading some comments that are coming through. A million likes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I'm quite sure this is going to be played over and over and over again. Um, I love the love that you have for, for Jesus. It, it displays um, in the way that you speak about him, the glow that is on you, the call that is on your life. It's just amazing, and um, I'm, I'm so glad to be a part of it. I appreciate so, it so much. <laughs> yes. Um, so um, this is it for um, tonight. I want to wish everyone in the month of uh, May a happy birthday. There are so many birthdays in the month of May, so I'm not going to call out any names because I'm going to forget. So, um, But my sister's birthday is Friday. I was that August, uh, May 14th. So happy birthday, Tanya. Um, so yes, um, and Nancy, who's on our panelist, her birthday is tomorrow. So happy birthday to you. Um, we're going to close out. You have any words you want to say, and please give your, um, contact information so that we can post it on the, um, feed now. 
Absolutely. So as I said before, um, I'm Kiara Plummer. So you guys can reach me at and on Instagram or Facebook. Um, my Facebook name is just Tierra Plummer. My Instagram name is T E T E E underscore doubles. So T doubles. Uh, I'll probably never change that Instagram name, even if I'm like the biggest name pastor. That's gonna be my Instagram name forever. Um, so T doubles. You can find me on Instagram or you can email me at Tierra Plummer at gmail.com. And I'm, I'm always going to be available just for any type of things there. Um, my cash app is donate just tea. So there's two T's in there. If you ever feel led to give or anything like that and never hesitate to reach out to me. Like I'm the most open person ever. We can schedule a meeting. We can have a call. Like, let's do it. I'm here for you. However way you need it. Awesome. Awesome. Oh yeah. Thank you. Um, Someone put that up there. Thank you so much. And happy birthday to Misha. Happy birthday to you. Um, so thank you all for joining us this evening. Um, please share and like this um, so that it can get out um, so that people can understand that they have to go from one encounter to the next, to the next, to the next, until you have built a relationship with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And that comes from spending time with him. So thank you so much for availing yourself and just allowing the Holy Spirit to use you. Absolutely. Thank you. Again. You're welcome. Stay, stay right here and we'll be right back. Thank you guys. Next week is um, our panel discussion and our panel discussion will be with um, our normal panelists. Um, we have a, a special guest, uh, Lorna Wood, who will be joining us on our panel discussion next week on May 19th. And that topic is unmasked and unashamed. So that we hope that you will be back with us next week. And um, we look forward to seeing you. And have a wonderful, wonderful evening. God bless you all. Please join us again next week for another riveting and formative segment of His Will for Your Life podcast with Sherry and her special guest.